Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I want to begin tonight's meditation by reading from a, another gospel, a book I was reading at the time I was immersing myself in the gospel for tonight, for last Sunday, from Mark. This one comes from Braiding Sweet Grass. An Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teaching of Plants by Robin Wall Kim Era. She writes in this chapter, Learning the Grammar of Amacy. I come here to listen, to nestle in the curve of the roots of a soft, hollow pine needle tree to lean my bones against the column of white pine, to turn off the voice in my head until I can hear the voices inside it, the shh of wind and needles, water trickling over rock, nuthatch tapping, chipmunks digging, beech nuts falling, mosquito in my ear, and something more. Something that is not me, for which we have no language. The wordless being of others, in which we are never alone. After the drumbeat of my mother's heart, this was my first language. As I read that introduction last week, I thought about the garden here that surrounds us. Soft, hollow pine needles. The opportunity we have to take some time away to listen to the voice inside. Sunday's Gospel from Mark tells the story of a trip that was taken by Jesus and the disciples away from the security of their own homeland into familiar lands they were away from those familiar lands from Galilee. They went to Caesarea Philippi. This was a territory of Herod. Seems like Jesus was often walking with his disciples, often a, an occasion for conversation and for reflection, a time to teach. But this was a particularly unique area of the world. It was a, near a town named Bellanisus. Uh, which it once had been the center of the worship of Baal, the god of uh, Baal. Later, up on the hillside, there was a cavern that was said to be the birthplace of the Greek god Pan, the god of nature. And still up farther in this area where they were walking was a white marble temple that shone in the sun of the afternoon and it was a temple that had been built to honor the godhead Caesar, the Roman emperor, ruler of the world, and who now considered himself a god. It was in the context of this place that Jesus asks his disciples. It's a seemingly innocent question. So, what's the word out on the street? What are people saying about me? Who are they saying that I am? What is the buzz? The disciples are quick with an answer. Some say, you're John the baptizer. Come back. 
Others say, you're the long-awaited Elijah that we knew was to return when the Messiah came. Others suggest that he might be one of the prophets. They take the question seriously, but their answers say more about them than they are answers. Elijah was an important prophet from the past. John the Baptist, a more recent figure, calling for repentance. The disciples followed Jesus because he spoke with authority. He brought words of healing and compassion. Words used to describe him were significant, but not very creative. Not words that caught the essence of who Jesus was. It's Peter who reaches deep within. I can see him pausing before he spoke. Somewhere from within, he takes and makes the bold claim. You are the Messiah. Here in the midst of the center of the worship of the god Baal, in the supposed birthplace of the Greek god Pan, in the shadow of a significant temple to honor Caesar, it was Peter who listened. Deep within to the voice, he reaches beyond the conscious level of thought, even beyond the subconscious level to the deepest level, the level of the unconscious. He speaks from a voice that he has heard from inside his being. Peter is also the one who speaks from the gut. <laughs> he will not later be the one that will deny Jesus while he's in the garden outside the palace of Jerusalem there, the trial. And on an earlier time, he'd stepped out onto the ocean, or the, the lake, I guess, the, the water, to meet Jesus walking in the sea. I think if we'd had a chance to meet a modern Peter, we would have uh, said he was a man who was without boundaries, <laughs> a person who often spoke without thinking. When Jesus first met him, I, my first sermon in seminary was written about that text from uh, Peter when he was simply fishing in a boat and this guy Jesus walks up and says, hey, well, let's borrow your boat. I want to push you out there in the deep water to teach. So Peter gives in and they do. And then he says to Peter, all right, now drop your nets and let's fish. And Peter says, no, 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 we fished here all night. There are no fish here. But if you say so, and he lets down the nets and the the boat nearly drowns. I mean, it swamps because it's so full of fish. And so Peter, of course, walks away from a boatload of fish, from his life work to follow Jesus. He will become known as the rock on which the church is built. And later in tonight's gospel that we just heard read it's Peter who wants Jesus to turn away from the vision Jesus presents for himself Jesus didn't rebuke Peter for seeing him as the Messiah he calls Peter out 
for avoiding the implication of discipleship. Take up your cross. Follow me. If you want to save your life, you're going to lose it. If you risk losing your life for my sake, you'll find it. I was struck last week, among other things, the 20th anniversary of the towers coming down and all the sadness that surrounded that. But we in Richmond watched as the Robert E. Lee statue came down. Here in the capital of the Confederacy, surrounded as we have been by for years by the symbols of slavery, the walls came down and new hope is born. 2,000 years ago, Jesus walked in the midst of temples that are now forgotten, God's ball, pan, Caesar. Peter reached deep within for a new vision. You are the Messiah, the one long awaited, the one hoped for. From deep within came that recognition. So it's perhaps time for us to pause, to spend some time out there in the garden that surrounds this place, to listen for that something more as Robin writes, something that is not me, something for which we have no language, the wordless being of others in which we are never alone. And with Peter, with Robin, we can say, hopefully, you are the Messiah who calls us to new life. Amen. Peace of God that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.